Peace and blessings, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Crystal Parker, and welcome to episode 28 of Real Shift Happens. This episode, my special guests and I are discussing the amazing book, The Way of the Superior Man. So stay tuned because you don't want to miss a thing. I go within, walking in the fertile soil of my own being. There my ancestors' fossilized footprints lead the path to my destiny, embedded in my soul. I can feel the pain and the toil, the sorrow. I bear the weight on my shoulders, but also the joy, the laughter, the song. I hear my community deep within my spirit, quietly guiding my footsteps along the path. I go within. Thank you so much for joining me. I know I've been gone for a minute, but I'm back and I'm so happy to be back. I have to say that honestly, I had a bit of a creative block um, for the last few months, actually. And you know, it's from life. It's from, you know, the lockdown, even though I was already used to being at home, (laughs) but just all the things that are happening in the world right now, is just so heavy. The energy is super heavy. Um, you know, it's up and down. We don't know what's happening. There's just a lot of unknown. And I know a lot of us have been feeling this, And it's definitely affected me in a way that is helped, you know, I really haven't been able to um, create very, very well. So I'm I'm back on it now. I'm happy to be back. And um, I I guess I just kind of been working through it, working through the energy and back, back on the swing of things. And this is a new season. So we're starting a new season here, season three. And along with this uh, book review of The Way of the Superior Man by David Detta, we also included a brand new five-minute focus shift. And this is a guided visualization. And what we've done is added a rife frequency into the um, meditation or visualization. And if you're not sure what a rife frequency is, just go ahead and look that up. That's R like Robert, I like Igloo, F like Frank, E like Edward frequency and get a little more information about it. Maybe we'll do an episode on that um, later. But also in this new visualization, we are going to go through each chakra and this is going to help you clear out blockages in in your chakras. And this also helps Uh, boost your immune system. So this whole five minute um, focus shift, this new one is going to be an immune boosting um, visualization. And it's actually just a little bit more than five minutes, (laughs) just to let you know. But let's go ahead and get into that right now. Returning to the source is serenity. Comfortably wherever you are, relax your shoulders 
and gently close your eyes. Feel at ease with yourself and keep yourself relaxed. Now imagine that a ray of light is entering from the crown of your head where the seventh chakra, the crown chakra, is situated. Moving the light all the way down through the central energy channel parallel to the spine down to the perineum area where the first chakra is located, the root chakra. Now imagine that your mind is beaming that light slowly down into the root and it turns red and covers the first chakra. Take a deep breath and as you keep your attention fixed on the point where this chakra is located, imagine that the air you inhale and exhale is also red in color. Start visualizing how the root chakra is gradually releasing all the negative, stagnant energies from the body and making way for fresh, positive flows of energy. Now, imagine this energy moving up to the second chakra, the sacral, located just below the navel area. Think of it to be an orange colored light, pure energy. Mentally clean any blocked energy and release all the negativity, spinning it around in the orange light until it disappears. Now moving up to the third chakra, the solar plexus, roughly three fingers above the navel, focus there on the color yellow. Imagine that the color is growing in intensity and allow yourself to feel its strong vibrations in each part of your body. Imagine that you're able to breathe the color yellow and imagine yourself to be filled up with this color as you feel deep inside its clarity and growing awareness, making you feel stronger and more confident. Now move up to the fourth body chakra, the heart. Breathe in very pure emerald green light and feel it entering your body. Imagine it settling down and then again expanding into your heart. Make an effort to expand this light further from your heart into your entire being. Let the light envelop you and imagine that the light is spreading all around you until you feel that you've become the green light. Now gently take your attention up to the fifth chakra, the throat. 
where you can imagine the color of the sky and the sea, a beautiful blue. Feel that color as it lies within yourself. Starting from the throat, let this color spread the positive energy of truth, purity, cleanliness, and peace all around you. See this light. Feel its energy all around you. Moving up to the sixth chakra, which is also called the third eye chakra, honing in on its position between the brows. Allow the vibrations of this chakra to work in a calm but powerful color, indigo, which is also the color of wisdom, knowledge, and spirituality. Finally, we're back at the crown chakra where you imagine the white energy spinning around the chakra point. Visualize and feel this pristine light unblocking this last chakra and making way for all the negative energies to exit your body. Keep breathing naturally and relax your body with every breath. And when you feel ready and totally relaxed, gently open your eyes. And we're coming back to present moment awareness. Take as much time as you need to bring yourself back to the moment. And just remember, you can always go back to this visualization when you feel like you need a quick boost or just want to quickly scan your energy centers. And no matter how you do it, I always, always stress the importance of taking at the bare minimum five minutes of quiet meditation time to yourself. I just think it's really, really important that you take time to center yourself every single day. And if you can get in more time, even better. Or, you know, just start off with five minutes. Then gradually after, you know, a couple of weeks, say you've established a good daily routine with the five minutes, go ahead and bring it up a notch. Take it to 10 minutes daily. And then, you know, after some time, put it up to 15 minutes daily. And until, you know, you're in a good place where you can get to maybe even a good 30 minutes a day or even 20 minutes twice a day like we do in Transcendental Meditation. It's definitely doable and it will literally change your life. Not a joke. I am experiencing it presently <laughs> um, from doing 20 minutes of meditation twice a day. And I don't miss a day, period, or a meditation uh, practice. So 
And it's, it's dramatically changed my life in so many ways. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that right now. <laughs> Hopefully you're just getting in um, some good time to yourself every single day to center, right? And let's just get on to the book review, right? So um, The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Now, this is one of those books for me that I can say at my age, I'm just now learning some things about men from this book and also about myself, which is the best thing that happens when you read something or learn something is to learn something about yourself because that's that's the part that you can actually change or adjust or whatever, right? to make yourself better. So, you know, that being said, let's just, um, oh, I wanted to mention the book is really intended for masculine energy. It's, it's from the masculine male perspective. Um, and, um, but I think it's really important for both men and women, masculine and feminine men and women to read a book like this just to have an understanding um, of how that those energies play against each other and play with each other and and how our energies um, can really work together to make a great relationship. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the review with our special guest right now. Returning to the source is serenity. Today is a special episode. I have a special guest. My good friend, Jacoby Wynn, he's a longtime friend of mine. I mean, from way, way back, like high school days. And he's also in a successful relationship um, with a blended family, a beautiful blended family of seven kids, which is incredible. I don't know how he does it, but he's here. We're going to talk about this amazing book, The Way of the Superior Man. And, you know, I really just, I wanted to get someone, um, you know, the masculine, divine, the divine masculine energy here so that um, we could break this book down. And that, and someone who also is in a committed relationship and who's learned the lessons from this book and is able to take some of these things back to the relationship and to, you know, his wife and make it work. So, hey, Jacoby, what's up? I'm so happy wow. you're here. Me too. I'm so good to be here, Sean. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate the uh, introduction. Yes, I have, a, I have an incredible queen who holds it down. Uh, you know, even with the kids that I brought to the relationship, she is she's so incredible. And I'll say this before we even get get into, you know, the the details and some of the, the juicy goodness of the book mm-hmm. is that, you know, we fumbled our way through making things work without even having some of the tools that um, that David Data has you know made made uh, possible, uh, made mm-hmm. available. So. It's, it's, it's been good. But so I, listen, first of all, I appreciate you uh, for choosing me as the male perspective for this for this dialogue, this discourse. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I'm ready to jump into it. Nice. Yes, I'm so happy to have you because I know that you can give like a fully clear perspective on like, you know, what we need to hear as women, you know, because to me, this book, um, I, you know, it, it's kind of geared toward the masculine, right? But I really think it's important for women to read things like this as well, because it helps us understand the masculine and also just understand our feminine ways. Sometimes we need understanding of the way we are too. So I think it's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That. You know, it's interesting because in college, I would read Cosmo because <laughs> I mm. wanted to understand how women, you know, how you just, you know, uh, interpret it, how you, you know, how you parsed information. So I think it's really good that, you know, you said it's, it's, a, it's a good idea for women to read this book, you know, one, because now you can maybe start to decode how we process as men. Mm-hmm. And then two, you also get a chance to see how we believe you behave or interact with men or other women, right? Because you're getting what the feminine is from the masculine perspective, which Listen, whether it is an accurate uh, perception or just just a an invalid perception, it's still you now get some, you know, you get a glimpse into like, oh, shit, that's how guys think about it. So now let me let me open up that conversation so I can talk to my man from the understanding that he's a little bit off, but we're going to get on the same page. Mm, It's so true. It's so true. I mean. For me, it, oh my gosh, there's so many points that I just like, even at this age, just am learning about men that I'm just like, wow, I wish I would have kind of had this book 20 years ago. Cause this is the 20th anniversary of this book, I believe, actually. Um, I think the copy that I have, yeah. So, I mean, that would have been, oh my gosh, I wish, I wish. But anyway, it's all good. We got it now. And for those of you out there who, you know, are, just needing some type of perspective from either perspective, masculine or feminine, this is a great way to start. So um, let's just jump in. And Jacoby, you wanted to like, let's bring up like your first point that you thought was like, you know, something that jumped out for you in the book. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, so he breaks this book down into, I think, eight parts and each part, you know, there are like these sub chapters of these parts. And so part one was a man's way. And so what I appreciated about the book is that we jumped right into what the male perspective is, you know, how to how to create more more power and more production, you know, out of who I am as a man. But, you know, and, and in all the things that he that he talks about in part one, which are, you know, stop hoping uh, for a completion of anything in life, you know, mm. live with an open heart, you know, uh, even if it hurts. Um, you know, um, what is another thing that he talks about? You know, he says, lean, just be lean in just beyond your edge. Like mm-hmm. places I've I, I realized uh, that all these these sub chapters, they really resonated with me. But I, I'm going to say the, the one that was probably uh, in chapter one, the most, I guess, pointed to me was is that, you know, my purpose has to come before my relationship. Mm. And the reason why that was so profound to me is because so I'm a, I'm I'm a dude, I'm a masculine man. If we mm-hmm. if we look at if we look at the three places that I could live in relationship, I could be masculine, I could be feminine, right? I could be soft and let her lead or I could be neutral. But mm-hmm. I find that the way that I'm wired, I'm a masculine dominant man and not not saying domineering, I'm just I want to drive. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I, I noticed in, 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 in reading the book was that 
the places where relationships have always gone afoul for me is when I try to make her the center of my universe and not make the thing that I'm out to creating or the thing that I'm committed to having. Mm-hmm. So, for example, and I tell my missus this all the time, is that if I'm not out there hunting the food and bringing it back so that you can take care of us, you know, and take care of our home, if I'm not out there being productive, I'm losing because mm. I'm worthless. And and I'll just summarize it this way by saying, and it's those times when I'm doing my best to cater to, let's talk about ex relationships where I found myself not living my purpose. I, w- mm-hmm. I, I could never put my finger on why uh, it was so detrimental for me to be productive and to create, uh, you know, an economy for my home and to create a safe space for my family and to bring in the kind of money that we need to live and to go do the things that we want to do. I never, I never, I, honestly, I never put my finger on it until mm. getting into the first chapter, which was, you know, make my mission or make my purpose the most important thing in my life. Mm, that is so deep because, of course, um, and he brings this up later on in the book about women um, making our main thing our relationship. And usually that's what it is. And like you said, you being, um, you know, a very masculine man, I feel I'm definitely not a neutral as far as like feminine or masculine. I'm more to the feminine side. I definitely can go to the masculine side, but I honestly like to be in my femininity. And um, I know that for me that I have, you know, just as a woman, we put our relationships center. Like it's, it, it, it becomes the center of our life and it becomes like it, it, how it, affects our emotions, you know? So it's like, if you're tripping, we're, we feel it, we feel it, you know? So, um, I don't think that a lot of women realize that men don't want, or, you know, should not maybe put the relationship first. I, I think that we want men to put the relationship first. And that's such a like contradiction. But I think that like, if you have this understanding the way he's breaking it down in the book, like then a woman can understand that like, okay, yeah, this is not the the man's main purpose. And it should not be the man's man purpose, the man's main purpose, he should be going out there and doing what the man should do, you know, and yeah. um, finding his purpose, his true purpose for his life. And um, whereas, us, we just want to, you know, keep that relationship going. And yeah. that was a huge point for me, too, in this book. I mean, huge. But at the same time, let me ask you this. Say in the past when you didn't have your purpose and you were in a relationship and you knew that, you know, there was something missing and maybe you couldn't pinpoint that it was that you didn't have your purpose. How did that really affect your relationship? I mean, did it make you impotent in a way like I mean not impotent to where you couldn't get it up but just impotent to where you weren't interested in sex maybe you weren't as interested in your partner or how did that really affect you you know yeah and and when you say impotent I think it has the ability to do both a a spiritual impotence and a physical impotence so you Mm -hmm. know and 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 I know like Dragnet says that the names are changed to protect the innocent but I'll look back to a relationship that I have with let's say Anna 
where, mm-hmm. you know, we, we couldn't really get on the same page with what we should have been doing, you know, what our roles or responsibilities were from a masculine or feminine perspective. And they got blurred so much that mm. there were times when I didn't want to be around her because, one, I wasn't doing what I needed to do to either match her or exceed her. Right. Mm. I mean, I think sometimes most of these relationships where there's not balance and you know, listen, you could talk about them and, and, and be honest and forthcoming in the beginning. But let's say, for example, she is a, uh, a psychiatrist that makes 200 grand a year and I am a car salesman and I make 60 grand a year. If we go into it and we, you know, we honestly talk about what the expectations are going to be uh, and what the what the desires are going to be. I still need to be able to get in that conversation and be able to find some masculinity in it. It's like, let me give you this example. Um, uh, okay, so let's say that you and I are a team and we're going to the watering hole to bring back water for the village. Well, I can be the arm of the ladle and you could be the cup that that's, gets full of water and we could fill that bowl and we can work very well together. And We don't have to call the the cup masculine or feminine it's just the piece that it is mm-hmm. but if we go to that watering hole with two cups we're not really getting water because we can't we can't dip it down into the water right if we go with two arms we don't have anything to fill it with right so it, something becomes off so i guess that's a long way of me saying that you know going into these relationships that i really realize and having these epiphanies is in realizing what was missing or how it affected me i had no idea Sean, why it affected me that way, mm. but something was off. And then you get the enlightenment of someone who comes and they teach you the perspective of, well, think about it this way. What if, which is like in this book, you know, David Data says, well, what if you're not living your masculine and you're not mm. following your purpose? What if she's too masculine for you? Mm. What if? Yeah, that's my answer. That's good though, because too, it. I mean, he also talks about how the masculine and feminine energy can shift amongst in, you know, in between the relationship and and change as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I get that. I get that totally. And I guess I didn't before. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I I, want to bring this up really quickly, just because you. I thought of this uh, in something you said uh, a few moments ago, but you know, if we talk about like me, I said one of the things was me living into my purpose and making my purpose my focus. Mm-hmm. I think what's also challenging, though, is if you look at single moms, right? Single moms, you're expected to always be both, right? right? Uh, and and I, but I think the difference is that society they, society doesn't have the same demands on single dads. Whether whether I have my kid full time or whether my child is only with me every other weekend. Society never says, oh, you know, uh, we're going to give you a Mother's Day card as well. They just go, you know, hey, I, I appreciate that, you you know, you have your kids and that you're in their lives. But I think one of the things that could make it a little bit harder uh, uh, with relationships, and, and I'm going to say this just because it's my perspective, but even black relationships is the fact that, you know, since there's we understand there's a challenge with whole, uh, you know, loving, you know, uh, relationships with both a man and a woman in the house. There's mm-hmm. so much that women have to do that, unfortunately. You're forced, just like you said earlier, you are decidedly feminine, but there's so much of a uh, demand put on you to be masculine, especially if you're right. raising a child that you find a good man now. And now you have to be able to flip the switch back to feminine 
follow, nurture, love, and be available. And and I think parts of the feminine woman goes, I mean, the masculine woman goes, ah, no, nah, I'm not with that. I don't want to get hurt. But then the other part is, how do I do that? Right. So I just right. thought of yeah no that's real because um you do i mean like i think most women want to if they're honest with themselves like and and they're feminine women they want to be in their femininity you know and like but it's you're right like it's i mean but also there's he brings up a point too of how you know we fought for to be equal or this you know so-called equalness um so it's kind of like bringing the polar polar you know the polarization together and then again so you're going towards this masculine side as a feminine woman and then like you said how do you keep that like femininity still and for your man and that really is a challenge it really is i mean i can say it as a single woman a single parent and just a woman growing up in this world as harsh as it is because if you're not married, you know, for with a man, a good man, like almost protecting you in a way to let you be that feminine woman, you're going to definitely gain some masculine traits, you know, just yeah. to just to survive like in the world. For sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, and, you know, another, another point I want to bring up is, you know, since we're talking about this book, you know, using, you know, me as the male perspective, and it, it, I would say if let's say that a majority of your audience is, is, is are women, mm-hmm. you know, for, for men, I think every, every man that I've spoken to since I've read this book, which was just a month ago, mm-hmm. I've said, uh, you have to get this book and mm-hmm. go over it twice because there's so there's, I mean, this, this thing is just, it just kicks you in the neck moment after moment after moment after moment. <laughs> Every new idea is like a, oh, shit, like, holy shit. Moment, right? <laughs> so but to your, you know, to the women, you know, your, your, your listeners who are women that really want to have a, a greater understanding to the, the other thing I want to say about the first part of the book that was just he blew the doors off from like the first two minutes is, you know, he says to men, stop hoping for your woman to get easier. That's how he ends. Mm. Part and mm. what's a trip is that anytime I've been in a great relationship with a strong woman, and let's just say that she had been single with a few kids for a few years and had forced to be, was forced to be masculine. Mm. That's all I did was hope for her to get easier. Like why mm. don't she just ease up when the answer is right. I'm going to say this women who, excuse me, women, Live your truth, because if I play a bigger game, I don't want to call a relationship a game, but if I just look at it using that analogy, mm-hmm. if I go all in and I live into the man that I'm capable of living into, the right woman, she won't get easier, but she'll soften to my perspective so that she can trust that I'm going to lead her. And in the beginning, it creates a platform for me to now go out and be productive, love on and take care of my family and just fucking show up, period. Right. Mm. That's that's powerful. I love that. And that's so oh man, that's the greatest point ever for <laughs> for <laughs> I'm like yes. <laughs> and we're done. Have a good day you guys. Take care. <laughs> okay. That's it. We're never going to get easier. We're too complex. <laughs> That's right. 
That's right. <laughs> and that That's and right. that I mean he mentions that, right? He's like the essence of femininity is the movement, it's the ocean, it's, you know, keeping the love going. And then, you know, the essence of the masculinity is the stability. And, you know, it's compared to the sun and these things. So, you know, I think that we, if we're allowed to be in our femininity, um, and you guys know what that really is, you know, and we both under have that understanding, it it really will make things it really will help us soften up, I think. I think that's what it is. And that's what we want is to soften to your perspective so that we can um, you know, really like sink into our love and like let that come out for for you. Like so so complicated. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. So listen, keep doing that because you know it makes a difference for us. We want. <laughs> Once we get into some of these final chapters, we'll talk about how some of that softening and opening and unfolding and blooming and blossoming, especially in my relationship now, mm. has made significant. I mean, like, listen, we have two kids together, so mm. we did something right, right? Or we did right. something not necessarily right, but even in, you know, in both of us being able to to listen to and experience the book, you know, a couple of times each, it has still opened up like we went from a uh, a construction laden single lane highway in the country to like a super highway in our understanding mm. and even mm. in, in, in our passion and our uh, commitment to creating passion and connection. So we'll, we'll talk about that, though. But, yeah, so this is I mean, oh, if I we just it. stay in the conversation, it's it's yeah, it's juicy, rich and, and, and incredible. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Well, what let's just go on to the next point. Like our um what was your next point that you that really got you? Yeah, so if we if so if we go into part 2, so part 2 was really, you know, the the author giving me a glimpse behind the curtain of you know who women are, how you think, how you process, you know, how not to uh, misinterpret what you say, what you do, how you mm-hmm. are. And mm-hmm. so a couple of points that he made, like you said, women aren't liars because, you know, like, you know, as men, you might, as a woman, you might tell me something, but the words have nothing to do with how you're feeling. You're just trying to figure out, you know, when women communicate emotionally, a lot of times women, you know, like in a circle of women, you can give your best friend girl that eye and she knows exactly what you're saying, right? right. Guys, you know, we do that. So, you know, the disconnect between what you just said to me and what you really mean, right? I got a greater understanding. I, I, and listen, it didn't make it easier for me to now read my woman's mind or understand what she's saying. It just gave me an opening to not just jump to what I think she just said or what I wanted that to mean, right? So he says women aren't liars. Um, another thing that he says is is uh, don't tolerate. I'm sorry, don't analyze your woman, which mm. I spend so much time trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. I'm just like, what? What? <laughs> what? what? I, I call my, my dude friends like, bro, she just ex-, and, and they're like, yeah, you know, and then they try to tell me what it means. But what I really should do is call my mom I'm like, mom, hey, listen, I got a question for you. But, I, you know, <laughs> we don't do that. Right. Um, but I think I think that the most profound one and I'm not going to go over this because I think that, you know, you're you're the women that listen to you and that go out and just listen to the book or read the book. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to hang out in part two and go, OK, I, I get this. It totally makes sense to me. But the thing for me that was the most uh, profound was stay with her intensity to a point. Um, Mm. And the reason why is because, so um, my woman is, we're very complimentary. I'm I'm very 
masculine and you know I'm I'm the loud guy or I'm 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 louder at the events. I don't mind mixing and mingling where she just, you know, she prefers just to chill and just to observe, right? Mm-hmm. But there are times when, you know, I mean, I could say or do something that emotionally pushes my woman's button, right? Mm-hmm. And she'll let me know. And a lot of times, especially the way that I'm wired is because I didn't want that conflict, I would just sink back into some soft um, inauthentic place and try my best to not say anything and appear humble or, mm. or quiet. And I think that did, that does two things in a, in a healthy masculine feminine relationship. One, it makes my woman go, wait, 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 what do, am I with a man or am I with some, some chick that I should just be having, you know, like, like, uh, Bellini's with. And then, <laughs> and then two, it conti- and it continually beats me down into a corner by not just standing up and listen, holding and supporting her with masculinity, saying, "Babe, I love you. It's not going this way right now. Come get in my arms and just know that I got you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's okay for you to be fired up and 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 just on one right now. And I'm gonna hold you through this." But then he says, but to a point, you know, the moment she starts point. throwing glasses and shit, you got like, okay, God, I can't, we, right. we can't, my right. health and well-being in jeopardy now. But I, and I think the more that I allow myself to just be with her intensity, the more she goes, okay, got it. That was a test to make sure that whatever the scenario or circumstance is, he's got my back. And I think the more times that I can just accept your fire, your passion, your emotional intensity. Mm-hmm. the more comfortable you are with it. But I think it's too, like when you have kids that act out and I'm not, well, that's a bad analogy, but the, the, the less you have to do it, the less you have to do it. Cause you know that your dude's got your back. So that's, that, that was one of the things that really stuck with me in part two in dealing with women. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good one too. Um, because, <clears throat> um, he makes a point that, there's a sentence that says 90% of all emotional problems of women are generated as, from her not feeling loved like so if like I think that we become like really insecure like in relationships and even if you're doing like everything you should be doing there could be one small thing that will knock us off again and just make us feel like wait a minute wait he you know something's not right here (laughs) and and you know I think that part makes us um can make us get intense because we feel insecure and then it's just you know something pisses us off and we want I think as women like for me personally I'll just say I might get pissed I definitely do not want a man who's gonna like cower or or, you know under like my the pressure of me being upset like and I don't want him to like beat my ass or nothing either so it's that that's really good point of just matching that intensity to a point it's like don't let me get too out of hand but also you know know how to like reel that in but also let me have my fire too because I'm a woman and I need to roar or whatever you know what I mean like <laughs> Yes. yes. And I think it, and what's the trip when you say that is that, you know, society, I think that's that social standards have messed us up so much that, it, it, you know, we're afraid to even have that conversation. Um, listen, women mm. choose men. You don't, you're not looking for somebody just to lift heavy boxes. You're looking for right. a man that's going to love on, protect, support you. 
and and love and who love everything that you are feminine and and a man wants a woman who's going to support his masculine his masculinity support his drive his fire you know his you know his his need to build shit make shit happen and be productive right mm-hmm. and i think that you know we we've 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 sugarcoated it and, and we we've blurred the line so much that we're all so afraid f- for the man to be the man and right. the woman to be the woman cuz I, I think there's so much listen there's so much beauty in the perfection of the the differences between men and women if we just stop and look at them from a logical fucking perspective we would say oh yeah right that makes a lot of sense she's great at this she should do that he's great at this he definitely should do that how do we how do we marry those two and make it perfect harmony but i think you know we're all been so sugarcoated that we want to be politically correct it yeah. messes up what we have to give each other and get from each other continually i think it messes it up yeah yeah i think that's true um it's i think like being authentic now is the best thing to do more than ever like that's really what it's all about in a relationship i mean i don't know you're in the good relationship <laughs> No, well, but check it out though. But and I'm not going to air your business, but where you are, right? Where you are is the perfect place to be because in the discovery of what's new, you have a brand new blueprint that at least a couple of folks, if you sort of follow this author and what some of the folks have had to say about discoveries in the relationship, and even listening to me, you know, letting you know that I've been in a great relationship for these many years, but now these this last month of this new information has just thrown fucking gasoline on an incredible fire that mm. lets you know, okay, got it. The blueprint's there. Let me just follow the instructions and, and the cake that we bake together is going to be, it's going to be delectable. Yeah. As long as he reads it too. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not just me giving him uh, little tidbits from the book. Hey, here, Ninja, read this. Just silent assassin. Read this book, sir. <laughs> Oh, my God. But um, yeah, so I think that's a great point. I think another point that I wanted to mention from this dealing with women section that really got me was um, um, about the analyzing. Okay, there was a point where he says, um, let me see, because I think I wrote this part down. Oh, yeah. When you ask a woman to analyze the emotions of her heart, it's like building a wall around the ocean and turning it into a swimming pool. Most men turn their women into swimming pools by continually, excuse me, treating them like men. So it's almost like, you know, we are the ocean and we have to like ebb and flow like the tide and you never know what's coming. But so many men want to build this wall around a woman and make her rational and make her, you know, predictable and, you know, make her into a freaking swimming pool. And why the fuck would you want a swimming pool when you can have the goddamn ocean? Preach. Surf on. <laughs> and that, listen, that's that's a very good point, because, again, we talk about if we if we I'm just going to call it the blueprint. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to look at this book now as the blueprint okay. for understanding the opposite sex and looking at the blueprint. That is the if you think about those new relationships, it's all that fire. It's it's all mm-hmm. that 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 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, where it's, you know, it could be a hundred degrees and windy one day and it could be just dry and air the next day, or it could be wet and monsoony. But those are the things in a relationship in the beginning that you love. But right. I think that, and, and as we weaken or soften as men throughout the relationship, that's the thing that we grow to hate. But in that, in, in trying to analyze you, right. Or make you something that you're not, that's the death of the thing that builds me as a more and more and more productive, powerful mate to you every single day, right? If I try to harness or quell that thing that makes you so incredibly motivating for me, then I just lost out on the gift in who you are as a woman. So yeah, it's right. tough to swallow that pill, but it's, it's so fucking juicy once we understand what it really does or what it really means. Yeah. And it, and he makes that point of like, we kind of just want to surrender into our love. Like we don't need the analyzing because most of the time we can't even analyze our own emotions. So it's like, how, how are you, you know, how would a man be able to do that? It's like, we just need to let those emotions just be free. And um, I, I love the way that he talks about how to deal with the woman. I love it because I think that a lot of the times men, you know, we do test and whether we're consciously testing or not, we he test. Tests. He test. <laughs> testing, testing. <laughs> So it's just like how he, um, you know, reacts to that is everything, because if he really can have that understanding that it is kind of like this little test, like she may or may not be doing it consciously. And um, she's kind of like, you know, her femininity is testing my masculinity and it's it's cute or whatever, you know, taken in that way. And, um, you know, she wants love, like pretty much like that's what she wants, like, period, you know, and I love that he pretty much that's what he he's saying through the book yeah. is like you know she's kind of just wants love bruh <laughs> so <laughs> I, i'm not gonna add anything to that i can't okay. i cannot make that any, any more well said than you just finished it she's wants love bro that's it wants love, bro. <laughs> okay yeah so yeah good one let's let's go on to the next one what's what's your next point well again I'm, what I'm finding myself doing is because I wrote three things that I wanted to discuss, but, mm-hmm. you know, as we go over the outline of the book, I mean, e- again, there are eight parts and mm-hmm. every part for me, there was a nugget. You know what I mean? So well, let's just go through each part and just pick out something out of each. So we're on three, right? Yes. Working with polarity and energy, man, this was, mm-hmm. this was, this was a great uh, chapter or part mm-hmm. for me because mm-hmm. There was some stuff in here that, you know, it, it begins to make sense, especially for me, you know, in the timeline of me going from, you know, young, stupid, you know, boy to young, stupid man to older, <laughs> stupid man to <laughs> finally uh, almost not stupid, man. <laughs> you get it. So, um, but it, I mean, he starts by saying that my attraction to the feminine is inevitable. And, mm. you know, for me saying that I'm, I'm definitely a masculine man. Um, there's a part of me that would always want to try to figure out a way to harness that. And, you know, we'll talk about, you know, how he remedies, uh, the, the challenge with being just continually, uh, stimulated, um, by, by the feminine, but, you know, just knowing that, listen, 
if you're masculine, you'll be attracted to the feminine. Whether you're masculine, homosexual, or heterosexual, mm-hmm. you'll be attracted to, you know, the the the, the counterpart uh, of your energy. So um, that was a really um, just a settling aspect for me, a really mm-hmm. grounding aspect. So I can just breathe, you know, breathe out and go, okay, great, got it. You know, I'm with a great woman, but even if I see the woman at the grocery store who happens to be attractive, just know that you'll be attracted to that feminine quality in her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that that for women is a hard pill, pill to swallow, like in a way, because it's mm-hmm. like we really do not want you to be attracted to any other women. Yes. <laughs> like, honestly, like and but for him, the way he breaks it down about, you know, this is just the the core nature of masculine energy is like he's, you know, whether like is like you said, whether it's a a woman who is masculine or ooh, just the masculine energy is going to be attracted to that feminine energy no matter what. Like if it's at work, if it's in the grocery store, you know, if it's physical attraction, if it's just in your mind, whatever you're thinking, you know, and um, I get it. Even though, you know, like we can become very possessive and jealous and we don't want you looking at other women. Or, I mean, some women, not all women are like that. But um, a lot of times that happens. And I think that um, the way he breaks it down about it being just healthy for a masculine man, for, you know, that being healthy and um, also how it can contribute to the passion in your own relationship because it you know, is, I don't, I forget how he said that contributes, but I get how it contributes. And also even the young women thing, you know, that, that was another thing. Those two parts of part three, I think it was chapter 26 and 27. It's like, um, you will often want more than one woman and young women offer you a special energy. I yeah. What? Yeah. What? I said, can I interject right here? Really yeah, quickly? yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So <laughs> I think the elephant in the room uh, is, you know, again, for the women who listen, you know, with him bringing up the fact that I often want more than one woman. Right. I'm going to I'm going to personalize this because in my 20s. I, I I wanted every woman who I found attractive. I wanted her. Mm-hmm. And I you mean you understand. wanted her? Like you oh. wanted to be with her or have sex with her? No, I, I mean, listen, when I was in my 20s, it was it was really, well, and I don't want to, okay, so I, I, yeah, eventually I wanted to sleep with her eventually. Yes, I wanted sex eventually. But the way that I'm wired, and I don't know if anyone's listening who knows me uh, would say, okay, I get it. But what's interesting is that I need to be, emotionally connected to a woman before I can be physically connected. So luckily for me, like through college, I couldn't go to the club, meet a chick who was super cute and go have a one night stand because it wouldn't work for me. I would be so embarrassed that like I, I wouldn't be hard, right? Dancing with her, mm. finding her cute or sexy in her dress. I'm like, she's ass, you know, all the stuff. But getting getting back to my apartment, it was a whole new story, right? So I don't want to make a right turn and go down that road. But all I'm saying is that, yeah, I could any, you know, there would be April because it starts with a I could be dating April. And then three weeks later, I I see Bridget and now I want to go date Bridget. And then Candace comes along. I wanted to date 
everyone. <laughs> and listen, in my failed marriage, right, and in failed relationships, it's because I wanted to date everyone, but I didn't stop at wanting. I just dated everyone. Mm. And knowing where where that where the okay, so we can tie the two together. Knowing what I could have done with that energy that I could have gotten from a young woman, what I could have done with that energy, like you mm-hmm. said, I could have taken, you know, it's like I think there's a healthy way for couples to experience a strip club, honestly. Right. If right. trying to, you know, jam bills up some woman's vagina and I'm just enjoying how she's different than my woman, right? Then I can come home and my woman and I can have the most intense intimacy sensuality and sexuality all because I'm fired up for seeing the variance of what exists in the feminine world and knowing that I still have my woman who is, you know, we are each other's, you know, sort of private sanctuary just to experience whatever sensuality we want. So I think that that's a way to channel, um, you know, what exists in the world uh, and, and let that either that younger energy, you know, that, that, that perky, vibrant bounciness to, to mesh with my woman's, you know, even though she's not 50, but to mesh with her, you know, her wisdom or her, her how regal she is with us mm-hmm. and just marry the two. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the point, though. It's just like um, allowing the man to, you know, maybe have those fantasies in his mind or, you know, have that attraction to younger women or other women and it not taking or negating away from his attraction to you or to your relationship. You know what I mean? And having that understanding that as a man, he's going to, you know, have attractions to other women or see young women and, you know, be attracted. So um, I think that, too, it's just in the way the man handles it, because I've dated guys who was just like, Every second they're looking at other women and just breaking their neck every which way. And then that just becomes disrespectful. You know what I mean? But if it's in a healthy way, like you said, like you agree to, you know, go to the strip club together or whatever. Um, I, I, I agree. I think that that can really bring like some passion into the relationship and and actually um, help things out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That he gives men for that is so I'm in the uh, I'm in the grocery store and I see the the woman in yoga pants and a tank top you know and immediately I'm turned on and hard and excited and, and you know mm-hmm. what he offers just you know and what he talks about later is now take that excited lustful loin energy and just breathe it up into my you know into my to my brain energy into into my head where I can now take that energy and I can use that energy to motivate or inspire. Let's say, you know, when he talks about being, you know, the woman being the muse, I can take that energy now and, and utilize it to come up with creative thoughts or to now transfer that want or that desire to what I have at home and not just have it hang out in my drawers so that I'm trying mm-hmm. to follow this right. I think is, you know, once you start to practice that, it's the difference between, chasing everything that you see or just appreciating you know what god or whatever the spirit is that you believe in created so that you know we can always be in this circle of life where we all give something to the next aspect of what's great and we all get something right so it's symbiotic you know Mm. yeah that's a good point i love that i love it oh this book is amazing i can't (laughs) um well 
let's go on to part four. What women really want. And this is, you know, from the man's perspective, for sure. And I mean, I agree, though. This is honestly, this book to me, like, I think that it could come across for women. Like, I think some women could read certain parts of it and be like, "Mm." but if you're honest, and if you're a feminine woman, I I would say, I I would just have to agree with this stuff. It just, it, it just makes sense. So what's okay. your point about um, what rem- women really want? Part four. Oh, okay. So since I got your nod that he's on base, you know, with what he's saying, he's not just pulling mm-hmm. shit out of thin air and making up stuff that he wants us to think you think and yeah. to change how you really think and process. <laughs> two, two things for me really stood out. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the two for me were this is and and they don't even they don't even hold hands but one is that my excellent track record is meaningless to my woman mm. and he, he moves to the fact that you know if, if I do everything right and I meet every appointment that I tell her I'm going to meet if I'm going to be at the kids school at noon on the Wednesday to pick up tablets for you know whatever and it, it, I do everything right but the first time I miss something that I promised her I would do it, you know if we were supposed to you know go to her sister's and do something on Saturday at four, and I stayed out with my buddies too long and missed that thing. She, to her, I'm a total fucking liar. Like, right. you, you weren't here. You suck. Fuck you, die. But dudes are like, wait, well, hold on, bro. Listen, I get that you missed this one appointment, but you've been on time, like, you know, for the past five years. Don't worry about it. And that's mm-hmm. not what we get from women. And this was a, because, you know, Sean knows me. And if people know me, sometimes I can get caught. I went dirt bike ride with my daughter this morning. Mm-hmm. I knew that I had some place to be, but I went longer than I was supposed to go. And and my world exists or consists of me sometimes getting caught up in the moment, whether mm-hmm. it's job and being on the phone with a client and taking, you know, an additional 30 minutes, even though I had a call scheduled for 30 minutes ago, you know, I find myself being in that, in that situation. So there are a lot of times in my home where I miss that deadline that we've set for her and mm. it, world is ending according right. to my mom. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, what, what's the point? What you tripping about? I just, you know, it's 10 minutes. Right. So, you know, whether it's when, uh, when Westworld is starting or if we're supposed to be somewhere. So that was really a profound and, and, and opening for me because It meant that no matter what I do, I have to be mindful that her thinking, feeling heart doesn't process the way that my logical analytical brain does. And don't Mm. try to don't try to force her into the man box. Let her be the woman circle. And that's one of the things that I'm responsible for dealing with in this relationship that still continues to feed me. Mm, I love that he mentions that, though, for men, for women, like he says in the beginning, right, he says, women are not liars. And the reason he said that is because we change our minds by our emotions and how we're feeling. Right. So it's not that we're lying. It's just that we changed our mind or whatever. Whereas like we take men to be like, word is bond. And if you're not word is bond, we feel like, wait, what? Like, you, you know. 
So I think that goes along with the track record thing. It's just like, you know, if you say your word is bond, the track record don't really matter, you know? That's right. Yeah, and that's big. I, yes. Yeah, I have to say I hear you on that one because, again, now you're, you know, you're uh, verifying or giving some validity to that perspective, which, again, I have to just be able to yield and listen. Doesn't make a difference what I think, right? What, your your truth is your truth. So, yeah. I, okay, yeah. so I agree. Yeah, (laughs) and um, what was the other point you thought about the what women really wanted? This is the one right here. She wants to relax in the demonstration of my direction. Let me tell you what my pitfall was. That being the good man was saying, so babe, so listen, so what do you want for dinner tonight? And what do you want? What do you want to see at the movies? And where do you want to go on a Sunday? What what, 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 float your boat? No idea. On the inside, she's just saying, dude, will you make a fucking decision and stick with it? You mm-hmm. <laughs> can lead so I can trust that that you that you have, you know, a destination and a roadmap in mind so that we can follow. And and me doing mm. that, you know, having no idea that it's just those little it's like those little bitty things that again, if we utilize, you know, if 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 I'm putting money into this emotional bank account so that I have some some savings if I need it in the future. That's like me just taking, you know, like doing a 20 buck deposit, like moment after moment after moment, and then going to the bank going, wait, well, why is the account empty? Right. Right. So uh, this was, I was like, okay, got it. Right. And then, and then again, I understand I get to now, because I'm in a great relationship, I get to practice all mm. of these. And the moment that, you know, so here's what we do. I mean, we have a shit ton of kids. The school's not in session. So she's got to be, you know, she's got to take care of the home. She's got to take care of kids. So she's got a lot on her plate, right? So mm-hmm. our agreement is that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I handle the meals, right? Mm. Whether, I, whether I buy a pizza or get my ass in the kitchen and cook, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, she's off, right? Mm. So now what I do is I say, dinner's at 6.45 and, um, you know, uh, bring your appetite. I don't ask her what she's in the mood for, what she right. wants to eat. Sometimes I might say, is there anything that you absolutely don't want? Because, you know, sometimes women, you there's stuff that you don't want. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to betray that. But, you know, I just go, hey, listen, is there anything you don't want? And if, if there's nothing on that list of don't wants, I handle it. And what I've noticed, mm-hmm. Sean, is that, is that now with that, it's just and as we get to chapter seven and eight, all that's done is throw some more sensual fuel on the sexual fire because mm. I know that she, that dude's got, man, oh, he is so sexy because he don't, he take care of shit. He don't ask me, oh, I love, and you know, so now right. we, I get the beat. There you go. So, and yeah. that's real. Oh my God. And I think that like, whether we as women consciously are knowing that, like, you know, and, and are able to like, you know, verbalize it in the way that he is in this book. Um, it definitely, for me, being a feminine woman and wanting like a strong man, that's on point. Like, I just want you to make a decision. I want you to like lead. And when you have a woman like who's really strong, it becomes harder. I think, well, he says it too. He's like, you know, if, if there's more, you know, some masculine energy in the woman, she may attract some men who are a little more feminine in a way or bring that out in them or whatever. 
And then it becomes like, you're the boss of the man. And who wants, I don't want to be the boss. Like I, even though I have a strong personality, like I, you know, might display some masculine characteristics sometimes or whatever like that. I don't want to be the boss all the time. Like I don't probably ever want to be the boss really. Like it's just the way that it comes across maybe, or maybe it's that test in me that's, you know, kind of like seeing where you're at. Like my femininity is testing your masculinity to see like, can you handle this? And um, yeah, that's a hard one too. You know what? I'm going to, that, and that's a good point you made. I'm going to make another right turn. We're going to get off the main highway for a second. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when, so I, I, I worked with a woman and it was, it was interesting because, you know, one of her complaints was that her dude wasn't leading. Mm. But here, what's the trip about her is that she's such uh, and here, here's how my uncle uh, mentioned it when I was really young. You know, he, he basically said there's two types of folks in a relationship. There's lions and there's lambs. You can have two lambs in a relationship and no one dies. Right. The lambs are going to just be agreeable like Chip and Dale, the two chipmunks. Right. No, after you, after <laughs> you. Right. You can have a lion. <laughs> you can have a lion and a lamb. Right. Which the lamb is never. Uh, in a position where it's going to eat the lion. It'll never happen, right? So the lamb will always concede and, you know, follow the lion. But the moment you have two lions, there's a power struggle, right? Mm. And and men, we don't know how to handle that power struggle. And so on the outside, looking into her relationship, she was such a lion that she never gave him space to be a lion. Or on the on the flip side of that, she was such a lion that he wasn't present or aware enough just to come in and be the alpha lion, which Mm. I feel like he would have simply stepped into his like true masculinity. Right. Mm. Because at the end of the day, one of the things, and, and, and I think really it, it leads to communication too, between, you know, between couples is that if she would have just said to him, baby, look, I just, I've, I've had to take care of so many, you know, my mom, I had to take care of her when she was sick and my whatever, whatever. And all these things that happened in my life, I was forced to take on to, to bear the brunt. But if I knew that you had my back, I could just relax into who you were. Right. So her, her job's not to say that. Right. His job was to say or his job now is to say, fuck, I got to take care of my woman. She's got to be my queen. And I have to let her know that no matter what happens. I'm going to be here. So through all of her things where she displays feeling or or displaying that she has to take care of it, the moment that I come and take that heavy box, that lawnmower, that light bulb, that screwdriver, that whatever it is, that bill out of her hand and mm-hmm. take care of it, the more I do that, the more I can honestly live into our dynamic and our uh, complementary polarity. And then she can honestly just breathe into being the kind of woman I feel like he wants. So mm-hmm. I'm just going along with you and, 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 and mim- mirroring or mimicking the fact that, you know, you saying that all you want to do is just, you know, relax into, into his positive, into his masculine energy, into his direction. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I can say though, in the past and men that I've dealt with, I think that um, the ones who I have really, had more feelings for are the ones who I felt like I could relax in that, in my own femininity, where I could just, like, I felt 
like I could be a flower, like, you know, and that, <laughs> it, you know, I don't know. And so I, and, and, and women want to feel like that. We, we do want to feel like that. So, um, but you know, it, it becomes, it, beco- it, it does become a power struggle because I don't think that for me being like, okay, alpha female, it, I will definitely, cause I'm also confrontational. So I will definitely test you, but it's, I don't want you to cow. I like, I literally do not want the man to cower to that shit. And most of the time they do. Okay. So here's my question for you, for your audience. What, what, what would you, how would you suggest or lead the women who listen to approach this in such a way that it creates a space for the man to practice no longer giving in, but just mm-hmm. staying firm. What, what would you say to women to do differently? Mm, I don't know, because I don't have the answers, Sway. No, it's... <laughs> <you're>... <laughs> oh, what's, the, what's her name? What's, what's the rapper's name? Ex rapper's name? What's her name on the show? Who, hey, Heather B? Heather B. Okay, Heather, what, what are we saying, Heather? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I honestly, like, I'll say now that I've been seeing somebody, okay, and not to be disclosing all my business or whatever, but um, I've honestly feel like I've been way softer than I've ever have in life with this person. I just feel like I want to be softer and I want I just want to be softer in general. OK, so so if you were OK, because you are a feminine, more feminine woman, but you've been forced, traits. Yes. But because you've been forced yet yeah, to, to drive and be a leader, you know, be single mom, do all the things you have to do. Also, so I'm me, a Capricorn. OK. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Which is like, I don't know, domineering don't, type people. Today on Astronomy with uh, Sean, we talk about uh, Capricorn traits. I don't, what the fuck? You <laughs> said plus of a Capricorn. It's like that seven song, Float On, all the all the Zodiac, the Zodiac okay. song. I'm a Capricorn. Okay, and? <laughs> I'm just saying. That could have something to do with it. I don't know. I'm just a strong-ass fucking personality. That's what it is. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, Okay, thanks. Thanks. So, okay, whether you are hyper aggressive as a woman Mm -hmm. or soft and demure, do you feel like he just has to be a little bit more leading than what? So, okay, so if you were being super aggressive, hyper woman, you would definitely need a man that can support that fire, right? If you were, uh, here you go, you could be a bag of hot coals and all mm-hmm. you would need your man to be is a grill large enough to hold the whole bag and not burn up. Whereas if you're only two coals, what you're saying to me is all you need is like maybe like a little metal bowl to hold them. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's in perspective. Is that what you're saying? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to always be like this super feminine because my mind is, I think too a lot, but at the same time, I don't know if it's depolarizing too 
Mm, and we got to talk about that. Yeah. Ooh, dang, yeah. Let's. Okay. Did we even talk about that? Yeah. But before we go there, we're just gonna. The names have been uh, changed to protect the innocent. Your your dude, Bob. Bob, read the book. I know you won't read it because she mentioned it, but bro, read the book because there are so many nuggets in here that are gonna set you on the right path to one understanding what mm-hmm. your woman needs and wants, but then two what you need and want and the things that you can do just to be the dude that you need to be. So Bob, read the book, bro. You got a good woman. Yeah. Read the book. All right. No. Read and even just for future for your life, like, like in the future too, like, this is just like, to me, this is like a must read for anyone. Like for real. I have a 15 year old boy. He has the book. If, mm-hmm. if somebody would give me this book at 15, it would have been Come a on. whole different story. Come game on, game changer. I'd have had a great woman at 24 after my career was solid, 26. I wouldn't have worried about what she would want me to be to be the dude I need to be. I would have just went out and fucking hunted elephants and brought the shit home and then had all my shit together and be like, let's go. What are we doing? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is the part five. Part five is my dark side. Mm -hmm. And Listen, the, the, the summary of this uh, this part for me, which were you're always searching for freedom on, mm-hmm. on your darkest desires. She needs your consciousness to match your energy. But the most important one to me was she wants the killer in you. And I know oh. that no woman wants no soft, fucking agreeable, uh, uh, mealy mouth. I, whatever you want, sweetie, kind of dude. I know mm-hmm. that. I don't. I don't, I don't care. I, uh, did we already talk about uh, choosing a woman who's complimentary to you, or is that coming up? I don't know. But anyway, if you choose the right woman mm-hmm. for the man that you are and for the dude that I am, she wants the killer me. She does not want me to be on the fence. You know, uh, right. lukewarm sort of whatever you want, sweetie. She wants me to go go to fucking work, get a check, come home. You know, do what I got to do, take care of my family, take care of the kids. But no matter what, know that I have to be alpha and 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 under under no excuses, not make it happen. I have to make it happen. And and, and that's what she loves and respects and allows me to be. And I love it. So, yeah, that was the most it resonated. I mean, you know, I've had some dude books that I've read before and all this is is basic information to me. But for the women who are listening for you, just really be honest. Yeah. You can't listen. You're either going to have a killer or the fucking guy that gets killed everywhere he goes. And just pick one. You could have either one. Do you want a killer or you want the killee? (laughs) And just be be secure in your in your in your in your choice. But know that you do get what you pick. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, just. And we're, you know, this is from our perspective, too. It's just individuals. But for me as a woman, I definitely, definitely want the killer. Because um, it, to me, coincides with how he's going to kill the pussy in the bed. <laughs> it just does. And who, 100%. You know, I agree. You don't want him just to meander around. You want him to get in there and know what the fuck he's doing so that you right. make sure that said and done you're snoring like you're sleeping and you know sweaty and you know whatever your thighs stuck together and satisfied Mm -hmm. i get it exactly so does do you think though like the ambition a man's ambition 
definitely correlates to his sexual, like his libido and his um, his his <laughs> desire to want to have sex so, a lot. You know what? Because of you know, in 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 fraternity, in my relationships with all my 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 my, my homies, my dudes, my bros. In all those relationships, unfortunately, I've seen, listen, I've seen dudes that are happy letting their, you know, woman pay the rent and keep the lights on and buy groceries. And, you know, they're happy sleeping there. And according to him, I don't know about what she has to say, but according to him, she is totally satisfied and and, and he is crushing it on a daily. Now, would her... <laughs> would her uh, opinion of that be different? I don't know. But so I, I, I've known guys that are not out there who are hunters and killers who still have a high sex drive. So I, I don't mm-hmm. think the two, I don't think the two are related. I just think, I think you really get the most out of, there's the potential for you to really experience. There's a, oh, let me, let me back up. There was a potential and even in understanding just the few points that have made a significant difference just in the fire and the sensuality and the sexuality that I've experienced just from understanding uh, and practicing certain aspects of this book. Mm-hmm. There is a definite uh, correlation between how much harder I go after it and how much more um, concisely I set an end goal and, and hunt that goal when it comes to being productive at work and then mm-hmm. being able to turn that off and now take care of my feminine woman and be the masculine man that she wants and needs. And when she allows that to happen, right. Mm. It, it shh, come on. It's like 4th of July daily. Mm. Yeah. So it is like, you're killing the world and then you going home and killing it. Ooh. And, 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 and again, we'll talk about, you know, body practices and, and, and mm-hmm. men and women yoga. It's, it, it's been, this book is the truth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a blueprint because there's so much good stuff. But let me not. I keep saying that. That's not content. That's just I fucked up. Backwards. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're 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 steadily going on here though, because we're on part six, the feminine attractiveness. Older women too are in this section. I'm glad that he mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> It's not just younger women. I was once a younger woman. I know. I know what it was like to have all those old ass men on you, you know? Yes. And and we have magic. You do. You do. You do. You got, yeah, older girl. Oh, yes, you do. You do. Um, (laughs) Two two things. All right. 39 is the feminine, again, is abundant, right? That means that, you know, I'll always be, there's so much femininity in the world, which is incredible. You know, right. he talks about the ocean. He talks about hiking in the forest and uh, the wilderness by yourself being, you know, being feminine. There's mm-hmm. so many things that are feminine. I think that for me, I love poetry. I love art. You know, I, I'm visually stimulated by, you know, if I see a great sunrise, I love it or sunset, I love it. Right. So I, I didn't really recognize the femininity in that. But because I'm such a masculine man, anything that I would find myself being attracted to, even if it's a muscle car, Mm. I, I put I put a feminine spin on it. You know, right. my car had, you know, women's names. I, I've never driven a car that's been named Bob or, you know, or Bruce. Never, 
always been feminine. So I get that. That everywhere. And and that allows me to, you know, to enjoy it and appreciate it. But I want I do want to say this. Allow older women their magic. I really mm. enjoy that because th- there's a there's definitely a distinction between how a young girl, let's say 21, has no idea uh, what she may be doing to a man or for a man. Mm-hmm. But a 40-year-old woman, a 45-year-old woman, she, listen, she gets what the uh, the combination could be. She understands what the recipe is. Mm. And there's, there's so much goodness in, in appreciating uh, an older woman, which, you know, I mean, again, as a, as just a dude's dude, I get to see it in the world daily. And I go like, sometimes I'll just find myself someplace and I'll go just in, in, in my brain. I'll go do your shit, lady. You, you so fucking bad. It's ridiculous. Do, do your shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, that's good though. That's good. We need, we need that kind of, um, uh, attention too because this world is so youth obsessed you know so I think that it's important for to touch on you know just the importance of older women and what that brings because older women were once younger and we remember not knowing anything you know and then you know you learn and you grow and you become wiser hopefully you wanted to uh you wanted to to talk about this maybe sooner than you know when he talked about it but part Mm -hmm. six when he finally or not finally but he talks about never allowing your desire to become suppressed or depolarized so Mm -hmm. are you okay if i unpack this for a second okay so i'm going to talk about it from a personal perspective and so and understanding the polarity between the masculine and the feminine, I don't know if this was in uh, Data's book or if I read it someplace else, but there was an analogy of magnets. And mm-hmm. you you take a magnet, right? So you have, you know, as a kid, you you could you could try to push magnets together and they would try to push apart. So let's mm-hmm. just call those both masks. Or you can flip them over and try to stick them, but they wouldn't stick. They would just sort of do that thing and, and just like continue to try to get around each other. Mm-hmm. But the moment that you got the polarity right, there was a magnetic attraction that was tough to break. And I've been depolarized in relationships. I, I don't know if this is going to divulge too much information. So, again, uh, we'll just say uh, uh, Carolyn. You know, mm-hmm. Carolyn was she, she, this woman was I mean, she was like five eleven, chocolate brown, you know, built like a uh, like a hundred meter runner, but just incredibly athletic, but, you know, super tall and, and just uh, just incredible. But the challenge was that she was so masculine, you know, like, again, you know, was in a was a single mom for six years and you know mm. had to be mom and dad and so and what and so here's what happened anytime we were together I would yield to her strength and eventually and I know you asked this and we might have talked about it before mm-hmm. but because I wasn't living my masculine it was so depolarizing to the point where I, I, I couldn't I couldn't get hard for her no matter how how sexy no matter what she looked like in a thong and nothing else it was I was just I was done 
Mm. I was totally depolarized in that relationship. So there should have been two things to do in that getting to depolarization is one, I should have owned and taken control of the masculinity in the relationship because I'm masculine. Mm. Two, I should have been man enough to say, listen, I, I think there are a lot of things about you that are awesome, but we're just not a fit. We're, 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 we don't, we, you, you know, our puzzles, you know, it's not working. And mm-hmm. I could have gotten out um, with some dignity and just left that so that either A, a feminine man could have came in and fit and they could have been polarized or a man who knew who he needed to be to be in a relationship with a woman that's strong could have came in and said, okay, check it. I, I get who you think you are. Sorry. I get who you want to be, but there's no longer need to be that. Cause you got me. So mm. and relationship after relationship, I can see the points of the polarization, which in my opinion, that's, that's the death of the relationship. If, right. if you are a man, you don't need me. And if I'm going to be a woman, you don't want me. Right. That's so real. That is so damn on point. And yeah, it happens. It definitely happens. I've definitely had that happen too. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think that like for me though, my attract like being attracted to you in the first place, you have to be super masculine like in a way. I mean, that part has to show first. And then, you know, if you start to show because everybody does have, you know, we have both. So when you start to show, you know, the the vulnerability, um, it doesn't necessarily turn me off. But I think that you it could go too far. It can go too far. And then that's when it becomes a turn off. And then, then, and then you become depolarized. For me, as being like an alpha type female, it becomes like, oh, he's definitely like a woman type dude. And then it's like, ew. I just think that I don't want a feminine man. I want, I mean, I, I need him to be in touch with his feminine. I don't want him to be a caveman. But I definitely um, prefer a man who's who's masculine and who who who's really solid in his masculinity and um you know can handle a woman who you know would like you said he would be able to he'd have to be strong enough to allow a woman to feel safe enough to be in her full femininity because yeah. that's what happens. It's like the woman is not feeling safe. She's not trusting. She's not, you know, so she's going to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, women, I mean, you, you know, by nature, I think you want assurance. You want certainty. Mm-hmm. You want safety. You want to know right. that. Security. No matter what happens. Yeah, that's right. I think he makes mention to, you know, when the, when the, when the burglar comes in the house and he's a threat, you don't want your dude like, babe, here, here's the gun. Go, go, go handle it. You want the dude right. to jump out that I got you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the challenge is, so here's what women are going to have to do. Honestly, this is the prescription. You either have to give your dude this book, say, sweetie, (laughs) read it twice. Right. Let's about it. Let me get your views and opinions and then read it one more time and then go to your 
quiz and go have this conversation and see how much of this is true or how much of this you can you can you know you can live into. Or the mm-hmm. other thing is women are going to have to say to their dudes, listen, uh, I want in this dynamic, I want to be feminine and I need you to be masculine. If you don't know what masculinity is, read this book. But if you do know what it is, be strong enough to just be that. And any t- listen, I'm going to fuck up my masculinity all the time. I'm going to do shit that's hyper masculine, insensitive, cavemanish, brutish. Right, right. And I need her to either be soft enough just to be upset, cry and, and feel how she's going to feel so I can go, oh, yeah, got it. That wasn't right. Or B, I'm going to have to go into that situation knowing that. There's an answer to the question. It just may not happen in words. It just might mean that I need to go grab her, pick her up, wrap my arms around her, kiss her neck, and then just lay down with her for a little bit and just hold on to her. Mm-hmm. But, and I think those are going to be the only two uh, solutions to women um, making the discovery of what it really means to be masculine, making it available to men is either giving them the book. Letting them mm-hmm. know who they, because you know, again, like I said, I'm telling all my guy friends. Right. Uh, a lot of times, you told your dude four times to read the book. It's not going to be until his buddy Ted says, "Yo, yo, this book, bro," and then he's going to read it, and you're going to be like, "I've been, I've been telling you that for fucking week. What's the problem? But mm-hmm. that happened, in my humble opinion. Yeah, that's what happens. I know, I know for sure. And even my son, though, I, I've been trying to get him to listen to it too, and he's just like, "Hey, hey." I'm like, okay, dude, like, I don't know, but you're going to, I'm going to have to have to force him to read it because, you know, I can, but. <laughs> he doesn't, if I don't say he eats them, there you go, I got leverage. Okay. He's like, no, you go read this. You definitely need to read this. But, you know, as far as other men, yeah, I've definitely, you know, suggested it, but it is harder coming from a woman. Sometimes a man does need to hear it from another man, I think. I think so too. And we talk about, he talks about, um, uh, uh, fellowshipping with men. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. In the beginning, we talk about being able to fellowship with men because, you know, the truth about it is, is that unfortunately, or no, fortunately, no, our iron sharp, iron sharpens iron. And I need an honest, strong, no bullshit dude in my corner to either call me on my bullshit or challenge me to be more than I'm being, right? Because mm. anytime I'm challenged by a woman, I, I take offense to that. Right. And that's just the dudes are wired. But the moment that my best buddy that I hoop with, go to the gym with, you know, work with or whatever says, bro, you're playing so fucking soft right now. Step up and, you know, like, what the fuck? Are you like, are you that challenge? It causes me to either A, be honest and truthful and, 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 and look inside and go, you know what? You know, Bob is right. I'm playing a soft ass weak fucking game mm. uh, or and unfortunately, if I've been too feminized, but a masculine, it now causes me to get all sensitive and just, you know, uh, regress deeper into what's not going to create me being productive. And mm. if that being the case, it, I'm I'm past hope. Uh, I hate to say it so negatively, but I'm past hope anyway. So I would need that positive aspect in my life to challenge me. Uh, mm. to step up and just be that dude, right? And I think, you know, I think that's why it's mentioned in the book because if you don't have guys that you can honestly depend on to hold you accountable, but to have you be the best man that you can be, you're missing the boat. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's a good point too for us as women to know that men need that 
Do you know what I mean? Because women, a woman will try to have a man up under her, like, you know, every second of the day. <laughs> like, no, babe, I'm going to the gym and I'm going for a hike. Like, no, babe, just stay here. I get it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> so I think that's a good point for us to really know that, like, the man needs that bro time. Like, he needs that. He needs the challenge. He needs that coming, that, that other masculine energy, you know. Um, in his life to help him with us even you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely well what about part seven body practices yes here's what i'm gonna do because to me seven and eight go together i i I Uh think could have been i think eight could have been seven i don't know why we but but for your for your male listeners, here's all I'm going to say is the first thing is go to Audible, go to Amazon, get the book, read the book, listen to the book, whatever you have to do. We talk about so 44 is mm-hmm. the idea that ejaculation should be converted or consciously chosen. And mm-hmm. let me say that in a different way. Choose when you fucking come or don't. Right. But be mm-hmm. mindful about that choice. Forty five. When we talk about breathing down the front and forty six, when we talk about ejaculating up the spine. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm going to talk to your guys right now is fucking practice. If your woman does for you what my woman does for me, that's going to be a challenge. But let me tell you this. When you start <laughs> to get into the practice of controlling your orgasms. Mm. And, 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 okay, here's my best analogy. Oh, I love it. Here it is. I love a burger. Sometimes my craving for a burger is fucking ridiculous. So I like, like the Oinkster and Glendale. Uh, I like cold beer and burgers in Scottsdale. I like, um, I'm a burger aficionado, honestly. (laughs) I like a meat burger in LA, any place. Okay. If I on a Friday, if I want a burger and I'm having an overwhelming craving for a burger, if I go to the Oinkster in Glendale, if I get a burger and then French fries and a root beer shake, a root beer flow, the moment that I finish that burger, I don't need or want another burger for like a month. Mm. But that I'm the moment that I'm I've been wanting my woman all day. The one the moment that I'm done with work and the kids go to sleep and we jump in bed together, if I'm three minutes in. And I come, my my desire for a burger is now I'm done. Right. Done. But the moment that I want to come, if I simply breathe through that, slow it down, whether or not that affects my erection or not. But then a few minutes later, if it did and a few minutes later when I'm right back or if it doesn't and we just slow down for a minute and we choose if if we choose or if I choose to only make sure that she's totally satisfied, let's call that a Mm. Monday. Mm. That fire for wanting her on Tuesday, I just turned it up. Like I just two X'd it. On mm. Wednesday, even if we've done it two more times, I've just four X'd it. By Friday, you know, she's like, Are you mad at me? <laughs> like, what, what's happening? Like, what are we? Why are you so it's so intense? But listen, and and, and for me, part seven body practices and part eight, you know, men's and women's yoga of intimacy, mm. just that simple male practice and it's only been a month for us she said to me and you know i I wish i could quote her directly but i'd probably just embellish the shit but 
because I'm a dude. She said it has been so incredibly intense and connected over the past month that she's just been it's been great for her as well. So. Wow. Wait, so are you saying that you did not ejaculate for a whole week? More than a week. Yeah, over a week. Yes, correct. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's control. Yeah. And it, it but I'm, but Sean, I'm telling you it and and listen, uh, we're going to call you a guy Bob. Bob read the book, bro, cuz the stuff <laughs> that you could mind control. It's not, no, I'm just, but is it um did you I know you wrote read Think and Grow Rich, right? Yes. <laughs> well, isn't that that's the whole chapter in that book about okay. okay, there's another book though that I think is and and I was trying to find it for this conversation, but the subtext or the subtitle of the book is Cultivating the Male Sexual Chi or Ching. Oh, that's Montauk Chia. There, you go. That there book. you go. All right. Oh. That's the but Okay, so all right, look at you. Well read. Um, <laughs> when you say this has just been this has been different. I've when, oh wow. So in my first I would call it significant relationship when I went into that relationship as a virgin because she was so much older than me, she created a rule that was always unsaid, but she always, you know, wanted a few orgasms before I came because mm. as a 20 year old, 19 year old, um, my thing was, uh, since I was physically, it's because she did it for me visually. I loved looking at her and because mm-hmm. she listen as, as a boy, anything wet and squishy and, you know, relatively tight dick feels great, right? Whether it's your hand, with some lotion in it or your woman, right, at that age, right? But because it was so easy for me to be satisfied, she really mandated a, I need to be satisfied. And mm. but, but that practice for me was just being able to come multiple times and not worry about getting soft. But I mean, listen, I'm, I'm 49. And mm. excuse me, but when they talk about, I'll say that again, <laughs> since some, you may not have heard that, but at, at 49, it's different for me now. And what I really have to honestly deal with is the fact that if at 18, I was at 100% testosterone production, if at 49, I'm at 50%, and I don't care what the number is, all this practice has done for me now is mm-hmm. it's created the constant desire for a woman because I'm getting the most satisfying, uh, decadent, delectable, fulfilling uh, taste of like the best craft burger in the world. And, and let me stop using analogies. Now, when we're together, I get the most sensual, uh, satisfying uh, experiences with her because the act is still the act. The, the sensitive mm. parts inside the sensitive parts of her and, and my skin on her skin, that's, mm. the, that's the part that I've learned to, when he says breathe through her and understand. Mm, right. Now I get to breathe through her and feel all the shit that feels good to me while trying to understand that right now in this moment, it's feeling great to her. That's enough in and of itself. Now all I have to do is is rinse and repeat, take care of what she needs and who she is as this sensitive, uh, sensitive, you know, caring, feeling woman. 
and enjoy all the soft, squishy, you know, thigh and ass <laughs> and lower back and parts of her because I'm, I'm, I'm well fed in that moment. Right. And then mm. when we're done, we can, you know, that the cuddle or the shower, whatever she, she the, the stuff that she wants and needs, we, we take care of that. And then all that happens is when I wake up, I'm like, fuck, I want my woman. Shit. Mm. I can't wait. Right. Right. There, yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. That is, oh, man. See what I'm saying? You're right. This is a blueprint. I told you. Blueprint. Thank you, Dave. Data. Thank you. Thank you so much. If we could just get people to read, actually read. And the fact that things are on Audible now is, you know, for me, like, I mean, I was already a reader, but, and I still read books, regular books. I read um, heart, you know, paperbacks and also ebooks, but I love having the audiobooks for when I'm just like in the car or, you know, working out or whatever. It's yeah, just perfect. They're life change. I mean, I love driving. You know, we have mm-hmm. family up in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have like my sister in, in Phoenix and Scottsdale. And anytime I'm on the road, I mean, you know, just eight eight hours back and forth to to Oakland, you know, almost nine hours. You can listen to so much goodness. And this was one of those where I got to experience it through Audible. And then I got mm-hmm. to listen again, which was I mean, I'm like, this shit is. And, you know, I even asked my woman when I got finished the first time, I said, babe, can you please listen to this book so that I can get your, your, your female perspective mm-hmm. of who this author is. And this, this man, the blueprint, you know, like you said, this is, this is the blueprint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has actually has a website and he has some, um, uh, discussions and stuff that he gives. Yeah. Um, and I caught a couple of those. He's a, he's a really good author. I like him. I like I him agree. a lot. I yeah. Agree. Well, man, that was bomb. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, I want to, I want to, you know, Mm -hmm. so after this discussion is, and I I get that you're on the spot, but is there anything now that is, uh, an uncovered takeaway or a newfound perspective that maybe you didn't have when you just maybe read the book or maybe even talked with one of your friend girls, talked about it with one of your friend girls that now you have, you know, from maybe my, or not maybe, but from my, you know, uh, points or my perspectives. Yeah, I would say that coming directly from a man's mouth, I, I think it just kind of confirms the entire book for me. I mean, I, I definitely believe that it is a blueprint. I think that it helps. It's helping me just discover my own femininity and why I've been acting, you know, sometimes act out or whatever and not really realize because it's just, I'm just a feminine woman and I want to be a feminine woman. And, um, I think from you, I really took away part seven. (laughs) 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 And I, you know, I just want to, um, share this with as many people, especially men, as I can. I don't, you know, hopefully Bob will read it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't, you know, force that. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, I think if you put it on lockdown, you might be, uh, you might have some leverage. You might have to read it. You're like, look here, bro. Uh, stop closed until we talk about this book and you finish it. He might change his tune. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. Vince made a song about it. It was called P Control. So anyway. Oh yeah, that's true. But I don't know. But yeah, Jacoby, I really, really, really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. I loved your perspective. I love that you read this book. I love that you're practicing um, the things in this book with your significant other and that it's grown your relationship. So to me, like that's proof that this, you know, is real because two, I'm reading it from my perspective. You know, I'm not actually I, I haven't talked to anybody else who's read it. You're the only person. So I'm just like, oh, for me, it hit home. It hit home immediately. And I know that like people don't read a lot nowadays, but the people who I know who are readers, I've even suggested them to read it and they haven't read it yet. So I don't know, but I suggest a lot of books. So maybe that's why. <laughs> right. And like, every one of them must read. Every one of them okay. read this book. You gotta read this book. You gotta read this book. You gotta, like, geez. You like the boy to cry. Like a chicken little. You like chicken little with books. Sky's falling. Sky's, sky's falling. Exactly. So I don't know. You know, hey, if you read it, you read it. If you don't, you don't. I'm doing this review because I feel like this is really an important book for men and women, um, you know, gay or straight, like no matter what, like this is really a really good book. He, The way he's putting it is in a man and woman perspective, like, but he does um, talk about at the beginning how it's really for anyone, like no matter where you are on the gender scale and spectrum. Right. But he did say it is more for the masculine energy, though. That's right. But again, you know, masculine can, you know, you can have in a in a in a in a female uh, homosexual relationship, you can have right. masculine and in a in a male uh, homosexual relationship, you can have both as well. And, and actually, mm-hmm. uh, a really good friend of mine, uh, he, he's he's gay. And one of the interesting points is that, you know, uh, and he's going to he, he is committed to completing the book and us having a conversation within a week because I really wanted his perspective as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, what was interesting and it'll be, you know, uh, interesting to have a conversation. His perspective was that at any given point, typically in a lot of homosexual relationships, you have to be both at any given moment. You have mm-hmm. to soften, be feminine sometimes, and you have to harden and be masculine sometimes. So it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, um, uh, Dave, David's, uh, David Data's perspective was yeah masculine is simply masculine whatever whatever it embodies it and so is feminine so yeah i agree with you right right exactly so yeah it's it's a it's a thumbs up two thumbs up for sure yeah two for me yeah so you have a great day uh jacoby and i appreciate you coming and we um will talk soon i'm so uh i'm so grateful to just have been in the in the audience of of uh, of you to, uh, to say hey can you can we have a, a a dialogue or some discourse on this book so I appreciate you and you keep doing incredible fucking podcast I love uh, your content so just keep doing what you do and eventually you. you know a lot of guys will hear this book and go fuck what was I why was I sleeping okay trailblazers yeah. just have to speak to empty auditoriums until somebody realizes that they're genius. So just go, just keep being a genius, Sean. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. And we'll talk soon. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Beautiful. I really, really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed speaking with Jacoby. 
um, about the book. And it's just a really, really, really great book. Like I can't stop talking about it seriously. But on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. And until next time, what do we do? We have to do the inner work to create a shift in our own consciousness, which is going to create that shift in the collective consciousness. That's the goal. So don't forget to support the podcast. You can go on anchor.fm slash real shift happens and also subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms under real shift happens wellness podcast you can also drop us a message on anchor.fm slash real shift happens our profile there we'd love to hear from you hear any thoughts about this book if you've read it or if you have any suggestions for other books you'd like us to review or any topics you want us to cover definitely hit us up there don't forget you can sign up for the real shift book club and um, we will send you notifications of upcoming books go to realshifthappens.live the website to do that and also don't forget like you can get on audible we have an audible it's audibletrial.com slash realshifthappens Go there, get a free download of this book or any book that you want and get your first 30 days for free. It's so worth it. Audible is like the best resource ever because you can always listen to your books doing anything else, you know, and you're not missing out. I mean, yeah, you like to take time sometimes to just sit and read a book, but sometimes you don't have the time. So Audible is great for that. You can download all the latest books and um, you can get 30 days for free. So definitely do that. And until next week, Real Shifters, go within and make Real Shift happen. Peace.